0: Well, welcome. This is WNCN Radio coming to you from Lorain, Ohio. Very happy you tuned in once more on this beautiful summer day. And uh, again, uh, 89.1 FM on the dial. But if you're having any trouble uh, getting the, the station, you might want to just live stream us on your laptop or on your iPad. And that would be www.wnzn.org. WNZN.org. So, David, another beautiful summer day. This is David Abood. Who
1: works with me on the program? Hi, David. Hey, Jan. How are you? Great to be here again.
0: Yeah, a great show last yes. week. Yes. Uh, with the author of the book that uh, eight uh, was enough, and then um, uh, Beth Campbell, really, really a great uh, testimony and ministry that she had the special needs children. Yeah. And again, that's... Yeah, Tricia. Tricia, yep. yeah, Patricia, uh-huh. and uh, those are all available. All our shows are available. Uh, they're archived, and you just go to John. 1421.com dot It's www dot Well, David, it is a big weekend. It you know, sure it's the Fourth of July weekend yes. coming up, and we're midway in the year. Who can yeah. believe it? Twenty twenty-two. We're at the midway point and uh, closing in on things. And it's a beautiful day. You know, you you just got to count your blessings. You know, when you think about health and safety and coming out of COVID, and I understand there's a lot of issues on the table with inflation and everything else, but nevertheless. The Bible clearly says that this is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it.
1: Amen. Yeah, so um, today we're, you know, one of the things we wanted to talk about is kind of go back to our founding fathers. And, uh, you know, I have a quote here from uh, to open the show from Patrick Henry, who was one of the founders of, uh, of our country and the Constitution. Uh, you know, he was best known for the famous quote, Give me liberty or give me death. Yeah, right. And uh, so he's one of the ratifiers of the U.S. Constitution, and he writes here, It cannot be emphasized too strongly or too often that this great nation was founded not by religionists, but by Christians. Not on religions, but on the gospel of Jesus Christ. For this very reason, peoples of other faiths have been afforded asylum, prosperity, and the freedom of worship here wow that's yeah. a great show and, and that will open the show especially i don't know john uh with what we have seen in the world the last few years and, and in our country you just wonder you know we really need to go back to uh, the belief system of our founding fathers and really get back to our roots and our belief and 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 christ and uh the father in heaven and, you know, asking for him to put his protective hedge over us. Yeah. Because even in the beginning, these guys prayed all the time. And when we take a look at, you know, why is it important that we pray for our country and its people, you, you just go to the Bible. First, because God tells us uh, in 1 Timothy 2, 1, 4, it's important that we obey him, John 14, 15. Uh-huh. Second, because God answers prayer. Right. Third, God honors prayer and turns his attention to those who pray. He takes note of people who pray and his ear remains open to them, uh, such as in Chronicles 2, 7, 14. Fourth, prayer not only gives God a vehicle by which he can respond and answer prayers, but prayer also changes those who pray. For praying helps us to be God-conscious, and when we are God-conscious as individuals, our behavior is different than if we really think about God and that's in Romans 124. And I just want to say one more thing and I'll turn it back to you. And then we think about George Washington. He incorporated many of these elements when he explained why he called the nation's first federal day of prayer. And these guys called a lot of days of prayer and fasting in right. our country. Right. According to President Washington, it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, to obey his will, to be grateful for his benefits, and humbly to implore his protection and favor. Yeah, and it's and, a good time. We, we have lost that in our country. A lot of I, it. I, I think we have.
0: So, especially, I think, you know, we have different times of the year, you yes. know, like Thanksgiving, yeah. mm-hmm. and then, of course, uh, you know, Christmas, celebrating the Incarnation, right. and Easter, the resurrection of the Lord. But also like Memorial Day, you know, you remember that as the statement goes, freedom isn't free and people died and blood was shed that we can literally sit here right. and have a radio program right. and, and the freedom to do that. Yes. It's not like that, you know, freedom of the press and freedom of expression, which makes me so happy for WNCN. You know, this is a, yeah. a radio station that really broadcasts over a good part of North Ohio and, and uh, going uh, points west. But also going out on, on you know Facebook in every other direction. So, but think about it. Seventeen seventy-six, we were at war with the British, and finally yeah. they came together in Philadelphia, and they hammered out uh, this Declaration of Independence. And they would actually sign it on July fourth of mm-hmm. seventeen seventy, and that, that's why they would say it's our, the birthday of our nation. And then they would ring the Liberty Bell actually four days later on July eighth, and I lived in Philadelphia several years and so i saw the liberty bell but it, it and it does have a crack in it believe it or not but um it says this it's etched in here is uh, deuteronomy i mean i'm sorry leviticus chapter 25 verse 10 hmm. and it says and you shall consecrate the 50th year and proclaim liberty throughout all the land for all its inhabitants it shall be a jubilee for you and each of you shall return to his possession, and each of you shall return to his family. So is the, when they, they put that inside the Liberty Bell, it's etched in there, you know, right. it's really kind of cool. Yeah. But it just expresses the idea that th- these early founders that you just mentioned in the country, yeah. the 13 colonies, they wanted to be free from oppression, yes. being under the rule of the King of England, and they, they persevered, and it was very difficult, but we have the freedoms we have today, uh, as you just stated, uh because of this this birth you know the birth of our nation which is you know what almost 250 years ago yeah Uh, and here we sit today and it has so much parallels to what you just said in terms Mm -hmm. of national and then spiritual uh where jesus says actually in the scriptures you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free or later he would say whom the Lord sets free is free indeed. We want to be a free people, not just like we are in this country, you know, freedom of press or freedom right. of travel, yeah. but a free people of bondage, of sin and, and, and habits. Now, we'll get to that later in the program, but only Jesus can set us free on that. Yes. But let's look at our country and see how these things, you know, transpired as, as we went you know, along. And it's really a miracle. I mean, really, we are the oldest existing democracy in the world today, okay, we just are, it's, you know, uh, 240 years, almost 250 years, and and to be based on, Mm -hmm. we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal uh, by their creator God, and have the right, God-given right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, Mm -hmm. well, it starts by saying, we hold these truths to be self-evident, meaning... They're obvious. Yes. They're very obvious. And that, that's right in the first line of the Declaration of Independence. And when you read Romans chapter one, verse twenty, maybe they actually caught it from here, but it says this Romans chapter one verse twenty. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. So we hold these truths to be self-evident. Yes. In other words, obvious to all. You mm-hmm. cannot walk around on a summer day and look at the trees and you know, animals and then at night look at the stars and the moon and everything and not see a creator. It's yeah. just, so we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created. We're not coming up from evolution here. We're created by a creator. And we're endowed with certain inalienable rights yes. so our rights do not come from the government that's a very important point they come from god they come from god mm-hmm. and the first thing is life yeah first thing is life and that's so important when you think about what's happened this past week or so that we are a nation that seeks to protect life now is, is america flawed does america have oh, yeah. make mistakes yes but we are we we we're not a perfect nation, but we seem to be we, we strive to be a more perfect union. Right. That's a very important thing. Ergo, um, we don't have child labor. Yeah. you know, where the little kids work in factories like they in coal mines like they do in different parts of the world. That's not, we we um, there's the proclamation of emancipation, the freedom given to slaves mm-hmm. way back by Abraham Lincoln in 1865. Women the right to vote in the nineteen twenties on and on and on uh safety nets developed for people that are hurting or not capable of caring for themselves medical uh help to people all of these things uh, suggest and and profess that we are a country that seeks not always able to do it yeah. to do good uh, right. to move towards a more perfect union uh, no other nation in the world sends as much foreign aid to needy countries of the world no other country in the world sends as many missionaries to be involved in Bible translation and orphanages and AIDS hospices and feeding hungry. Right. Uh, no other country has ever assimilated the number of races, ethnicities, people from different backgrounds to come into this country yes. and allowing them to practice whatever belief they want. Yeah. If they're a Buddhist or a Hindu or a Muslim or an atheist that we, we have no compulsion here mm-hmm. that you must believe like this or yeah. you can't believe like that. Yeah. That's a very unique thing.
1: It is. And, you know, G.K. Chesterton, and he was an English writer. He wrote that America is the only nation in the world that is founded on a creed. Um, America was created not by accident or force, but by reflection and choice. Yes. So, um, you know, in the Founding Fathers, John, uh, we had, what, about 54 of them? Mm-hmm over half of them had some kind of you know they were either in uh, you know um, uh, that th- they went to religious colleges or I don't want to say seminary right? but um, you know so over half of them had that belief system mm-hmm. and and so when you take a look at the creed why don't I read the creed too because it it goes to your point about you know protecting people. Yeah, it's a good time yeah the the Americans creed by William Tyler Page I believe in the United States of America as a government of the people, by the people, for the people, whose just powers are derived from the consent of the governed, a democracy in a republic, a sovereign nation of many sovereign states, a perfect union, one and inseparable, established upon those principles of freedom, equality, justice, and humanity for which American patriots sacrifice their lives and fortunes. I therefore believe it is my duty uh, to my country to love it, to support its constitution, to obey its laws, to respect its flag, and to defend it against all enemies. That was written in 1917 and accepted by the United States House of Representatives on April 3rd, 1918. And we, we think about everything going on with our flag Yes, disrespecting right, our country, and, and it's almost like we've forgotten there's a constitution. Well, there's a constitution. Uh, the, I, I and mean, just the way we're running, we're running the country. You know, over the last few
0: years. Well, what really hit me, David, is yeah. uh, I've lived overseas for yeah, years. Yeah. You know, during the Vietnam War, I was stationed in Thailand. I was a medic in the U.S. Army, and then later, my family and I, my wife and four children, would live in Southeast Asia in Thailand. So I've experienced different countries. Yes. You know, and I'm not being critical in any which way. Oh, no. But when you come back here after being away for so long, uh, plus I've traveled to other countries, you know, over the years, mm-hmm. you cannot help but say, America, America, God shed his grace on thee. There's something, yes, problems, yes, deficiencies, yes, character flaws, yes, we got issues, but we can, we can move as a people yeah. and accept people that are downtrodden and hurting and help them. And how many people do we know are first-generation immigrants that literally came from countries like Syria yes. or Lebanon or Ghana or somewhere, mm-hmm. Costa Rica? They come here, they get established, they have very little, and a generation later, you know, they're running a store, they got this service they provide, their mechanics, their children went to college and trade school, and they're contributing, and all of a sudden... Their whole life has been lifted because they've been given an opportunity in a free country, yeah. and irregardless of their belief system. We, if you study, now we'll get to this, that America is not, quote, unquote, a Christian country as such. There's, we're not a theocracy. But the way our founding fathers developed it, it was based on a Judeo-Christian yeah premise right and so they were very wise because our founding fathers separated church from state but they wisely did not separate God from state mm-hmm. that's why we have freedom of religion but we don't have a theocracy like you might have in an Islamic yeah. country where Sharia is the governmental law of the people hmm. that's that's not good because yeah. <laughs> what if you're not a Muslim you're gonna you pro so my point being that, if you look at Judeo-based Christian countries like America, yeah. Canada, New Zealand, Australia, right. Great Britain, they all allow the freedom to believe in whatever you want to believe yes. in. Isn't that something? No, yes. we, we take it for granted, but it's, it's a big thing. And we, we do celebrate that in America. And I, You know, you drive down from here yeah. in downtown Cleveland, well, you might pass uh, a, a, a mosque you might go past a Buddhist shrine, yes. you might go past a Masonic temple, you might go past a Hindu or a whatever, it doesn't matter, you know. We allow that kind of freedom of beliefs and that's another important point.
1: Yeah. Well, the other thing I was thinking about, John, is uh, the, the U.S. Supreme, you talk about taking God out of our country, uh-huh. uh, the U.S. Supreme Court banned school-sponsored prayer in public schools in 1962 saying that it violated the First Amendment. Um, but students are still allowed to meet and pray on school grounds as long as they do it privately, and don't try to force others to do that. But you know, it's so sad. You see all these shootings, and um, it just uh, you just don't see the belief system that the founders had throughout our our government. Um, and I think it's so important. You know, in Psalm one twenty seven one, it reads, "Unless the Lord builds the house." They labor in vain who build
0: it. Yeah, right, right. And you can study history of great civilizations, great empires, whether it's the Assyrian, the Babylonian, the Egyptian, the the Greek, the Roman, which some people say there's parallels to even our country because Mm -hmm. we've drawn so much from the Roman Empire. Um, But if you just look at it, number one... Ancient Rome, first century Rome, they were they were spread across the globe, Yes. from Great Britain all the way going towards way on the on the eastern side of Turkey towards India, the to to Syria. They 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 dominated. Uh, of course, we have a dominate. We don't we don't go around taking over countries, but we have an influence around the world as Americans. Number two, uh, yeah. they had a they had a big problem with uh, national debt. They were kept going more and more and more and more national debt, a big problem we have. What eventually led to the, one of the downfalls of Rome was the unsecured borders. So they weren't, the people were coming in from the Germanic yeah. north, and they were kind of coming down, and it wasn't, they were losing that sense of order. The other thing is people were distracted. Well, I, you've been to Rome. I've been to Rome. We've been to the Colosseums. But one of the things that the government gave the people is what they called bread and circuses. Bread and circuses, which would translate today sports and entertainment, and the people loved it. And when they would go into these arenas or mm-hmm. uh, the Coliseum, because it's sixty thousand, what, the, what you, the really big one was the Circus Maximus, oh, yeah, exactly. which was two hundred fifty That was the race car. That, that was, was the Indy five hundred. The other is the yeah. f- the football <laughs> stadium. But I mean, <laughs> but they would give them bread, and they would, yeah. they would give, you know, and the people got very dependent on that, and they were very distracted problems going around them and that would allow some of these very corrupt emperors to kind of rule rule them. They were the language of the day. The lingua franca was Latin and so too if you want to be educated around the world today and you want to go into engineering or medicine or air traffic controller or a pilot what language you going to learn? Not Swahili and not Thai or Chinese you're going to learn English. So there's a lot of things we could go do a whole show on a comparison between the Roman Empire And America both plus and minuses for example they Rome had over 50,000 miles of road systems because they had to have roads to control the Empire right but they also had a postal system people don't realize Mm -hmm. that would be one of the things that contributed to the spread of Christianity so there's a lot of parallels between these two countries you know but to your original point these empires will fall the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It the is. fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Yeah. And if you leave that, then you, you open the door. Why? Because you lost your moral uh, center of gravity.
1: Yeah, exactly. So um, I, I want to read another. I have a bunch of founding fathers and some of the things that they said and how the Bible was kind of driven. You know, it drove them in terms of you know uh, the way they talked in public. Uh, some of the, uh, the well, obviously there was a ton of prayer and fasting right. that went on. So John Jay, he was one of the first chief justices of the U.S. Supreme Court right. and president of the American Bible Society. He wrote, "By conveying the Bible to people, thus circumstance, we certainly do them a most interesting kindness. We thereby enable them to learn that man was originally created and placed in a state of happiness." but becoming disobedient was subjected to the degradation and evils which he and his uh, posterity have since experienced one other one other one here the bible will also inform them that our gracious creator has provided for us a redeemer in whom all the nations of the earth shall be blessed that this redeemer has made atonement for the sins of the world and thereby reconciling the divine justice with the divine mercy has opened a way for our redemption and salvation, and that these inestimable benefits are of a free gift and grace of God, not of our deserving, nor in the power to deserve. Um, these are our founding fathers. If we had even just, and these are over half of them. right And, and you'll see similar things throughout about how important the Bible was. Uh, and it just seems, John, like we've lost so much of this. Um, well,
0: that too, David, and yeah. if you look at our higher institutes of learning, yes. like Harvard and, yeah. and, and Boston and Yale, yeah. um, a lot of these colleges came about, like you say, yeah. they were seminaries or they yeah. trained divinity students, people right. that were going to go. That includes uh, Princeton, Rutgers, Brown, Dartmouth, certainly Harvard, uh, and these these were foundational pillars were. that were going to be at the very beginning of our culture. Um, it says... It, very interesting, um, some of these things. It says, our founding fathers were religious in a new way, the Judeo- Judeo-Christian way. Not to say they were all Christians, okay? Uh, they were the, the liberals of their day by deducing that our political and human rights come from power higher than human government. Yeah, That's very important. They were conservative to biblical morality. There was still and still a connection between God and liberty. That's important that, again... Uh, Alexander Shultzenitsyn, when he was a prisoner Mm -hmm. in Russia for many years, he was released from the gulag, right? He was a dissenter. He came to America and spoke at Harvard and places. And he talked about uh, what happened in Russia when they abandoned God and communism came in and totalitarianism. And he was warning America, do not abandon God. Do not abandon God. I want to read a passage. This is what uh, God is, is saying to Solomon when he's going to rule his country. Yeah. He says, um, First and foremost, my people must pray. He says, "He says this is in Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 12. Then the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said to him, I have heard your prayer. I have chosen this place for myself as the house of sacrifice. When I shut up the heavens and there's no rain or command the locusts to devour the land or send pestilence among my people. In other words, if God sent hardship, he says, "Then, if my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers made in that place, that country. For now, I now I have chosen and sanctified this house; my name might be there forever. As for you, walk before me as your father David walked. Do according to all that I command you." And if you keep my statutes, then I will establish the throne of David, your father. You shall rule and not fail, uh, you know, in, in terms of rulership. But the whole thing is pred- predicated on realizing there is a God, fearing God, mm-hmm. praying to God, and adjusting one's conduct and life in alignment with God's morality and laws. Yeah. Then he says, I'll bless the land. I yeah. mean, But he says, if you don't, if you turn your back on God... Then you head towards a godless country. Right. And, and a classic example of that, David, if you look at 1900, one of the most advanced countries in the world in terms of culture and civilization, I'm talking about architecture, engineering, art, music, philosophy, was Germany, was Germany. But they started turning their back on God, right, and they developed this system of uh, fascism, Nazi came in. They yeah. turned their back on God. They they almost want to become like God, and they hailed Hitler. They made this man a god, yeah. and he look at he demolished the country. Yes. He destroyed yeah. it, put people in train cars, put them in gas chambers, and that was a blessed country. You see, mm-hmm. in terms of mm-hmm. standards, yeah, you know, culture yeah. and everything. But within fifty years, it was smoldering. Yeah, why? Because John ten ten, the enemy comes to rob, kill, and kill destroy. And destroy same verse, it says, but Jesus says, I come that you might have life, salvation, and life more abundantly, a flourishing life. And you can apply that to an individual, to a family, or to a country. If you want to turn your back on God, and you want him to take his hand off you, mm-hmm. then what's going to come are these are these things. Matter of fact, I think we should read in Romans, where we were looking at that, what happens to a country and a people. Yeah, where do you want to? He was, he was re- really... Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, has seen this uh, going out Romans chapter going. one. Okay. And if you look at um, if um, if you you just if you just read chapter one verse t- verse twenty through twenty three and notice this is the the downgrading of a culture. This is an abandonment of a culture.
1: For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that the people are without excuse. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchange the glory of the immortal God for images, made to look like a mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles.
0: Notice, they knew God, but they turned their back on God. They did not glorify God. They were not thankful. Mm. Well, then God turns them over to their own darkened thoughts, their wicked thoughts. And then he says in verse 24, Therefore God also gave them up to uncleanness, in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchange this is the critical, verse 20, who exchanged the truth of God. What is the truth of God? The word of God. Jesus says that in John chapter 7. They exchange the truth of God for a lie. See that? Yeah. For a lie. And worship and serve the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. For this reason, God they gave up on God. What does God do in verse 26? For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions, for even their women exchange the natural use of what is against nature. Likewise, also men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another, men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due them. And then they go. he goes down this whole list unrighteousness, right. immorality, wickedness, murder, envy, deceit, backbiters, haters of God. Yeah. But all of these things in a culture that has turned its back on God. Mm-hmm. And one of the things he says is you, you, you exchange the truth of God, which is the word of God, the Bible, for a lie. Yes, and that's an many, yeah. many good Bible scholars see this as the downward trend where we're at right now in America. Sad to say this on 4th of July. But we there's a real cautionary note here for us as Americans because we seem to be on this downward downgrade as you were. Yeah, right? but,
1: John, isn't this kind of... Uh, Easy to to start to rectify. I mean, you know, we take a look at our friend Gerard Long who's putting together this uh, prayerfortheheart.org ministry, which is really going to be focused on what the founding fathers, I mean, I'm connecting the dots that way. Maybe maybe I don't have it right, but just to get the U.S. uh, people in every city, every state, to start praying on a regular basis for our country, just the way the founding fathers, you know, set it up. Um, and, you know, in bringing Jesus Christ back into uh, the world, the way we think, the way we operate our lives, the way we run the world and and our country, right?
0: Well, yeah. I mean, that, first of all, you start with the individual. Mm -hmm. You know, somebody has well said, you know, one match can burn down a thousand trees in the forest. You need one start. Okay. The key there is, is that we have to recognize we're we're in a dire need right now, okay? We have to, especially the man, the the husband, the father, uh, Mm -hmm. that he would assume responsibilities, repent. Then you could see what's, Mm -hmm. then we could look at this. There's been what was called great awakenings in in American history, especially between 1720 and 1745. But there's also been revivals. Now, revival is usually in churches and with God's people. Right, They get serious. They sense uh, the fear of God. They repent. But when an awakening happens, that actually goes across a community, and even unbelievers sensing the presence of God, or maybe it was through hardship, uh, they want to commit themselves to God. It's happened before. Yeah. Could it happen again? Yeah, God is sovereign. We don't know how and when. but we do know He's working on individuals uh, who can work on family and yeah. family can work on community. But we got to wreck what we've forgotten is God, David. The fear of God is the beginning. Uh, of wisdom
1: yes and you know uh, here's a founding father I really like this quote John it's uh, Benjamin Rush Uh, he was one of the founding fathers who lived in Philly um, signer of the Declaration of Independence and ratifier of the U.S. Constitution he writes the gospel of Jesus Christ prescribes the wisest rules for just conduct in every situation of life Happy they who aren't able to obey them in all situations. So, John, I have a question for you. So with with the way the world is, our country right now, what would you suggest? Well, what do you think we can do in our own little, um, you know, communities to, to try and, uh, you know, correct all this... Uh, you know, injustice, right. and you know, correct some of the things that that we've just you know lost track of. I mean, uh, wh- I mean, wh- what do we do? I mean, wh- well, what's, what's yeah. The way I mean, it's a good question. It's a yeah, big question. It is a big question. But I question. think
0: you have to remember, there's two organizations that God created. Really, it, yeah. I mean, Number one was the family. And number two is the church. Number one is the family. And number two is the church. What we you and you have to understand. What do I mean by church? church when jesus says i will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against right. it the church is i'm talking a local church now is a committed community of believers that come together on a regular basis for the sake of worship discipleship the lord's supper baptism helping one another and then going out from there to reach the world the church is the community within yeah. a wider community yeah. oftentimes we see the wider community that's going like crazy sometimes this way and this mm-hmm. way well and we should be concerned about it. We should pray about that. But we must make sure that we, as believers, are within our church and rightly committed to the church, because the church is your agent of social change. That will because really, yeah. This letter to the Romans, the first century, the church was weak, if yeah. I could say that. I mean, on the day of Pentecost, you had 120 people in that upper room, right, praying, mm-hmm. and then you got three thousand after yeah, that sermon right. and then it starts expanding uh and so by the third fourth century the roman empire is going down it's in steep decline yeah. and the church is going up in terms of influence so what we tend to see is america david but what's going on in like sub-sahara africa in brazil in south korea in iran these different there's a tremendous growth of christian faith and under persecution some of the places right so america is here's the problem one of the big big problems from a scriptural point of view about america jesus said when he says chorizan, um, and he, ta- he talks about uh, horizon and capernaum he says if sodom had the same light you have they would have repented because judgment is often based on the amount of light i'm yeah. talking spiritual light yeah. America has had a lot of spiritual light. That's what makes it dangerous when we as a country, Mm -hmm. as a people, turn our back on that light. Whereas I've been in parts of the world, okay, let's say Thailand or Myanmar, Burma, which is next door, doesn't have as much light. Bible, schools, training, teaching, preachers. America's on this point, on this knife's edge, if we keep rebelling and turning our back on God, yeah. it's a very, very serious matter. Yeah, and so, turn his,
1: he turns his back on us, well, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, we are... Yeah. Again, people don't realize how blessed we are here oh, because okay. t- sometimes people just see the problem. we got problems, no, we got problems. Yeah. But, I mean, I always say, when if you can go into your kitchen, turn on the water, and drink a glass that's coming from... I couldn't do that when we lived in town, You know what I'm saying? Or, you know hygiene and waste management and clean water and safe highways and um, you turn on the electricity and the electricity comes on. You know, you got hot water. I I go down the street, I can drive five minutes almost in all these different directions and there's libraries that are Mm -hmm. super equipped. All kinds of literature and knowledge and they help you learn stuff there. Go down to museums. We are so Blessed, Fair. we're abundantly blessed. That's why that song always comes to me: "America, America, God shed His grace on thee." And it's true. People can deny it, but it's true. Now we must not presume upon His grace. Yeah, that's presumption. Like, oh, look at all this. We're owed all this. This all belong This just we're happened. General. You know, yeah, it's like right uh, you know. Right. And that's where the problem goes. Yeah. So, to your original point, your question, I think we as Christians within the confines of our church, yeah. we could we could be very effective. And that radiates out to the wider community. But with the, having said that, we should pray for those in leadership. We may not always agree with a particular yeah. party or something. We should pray for those in leadership. We should pray for God puts the right person in, as congressmen, as judges, uh, maybe some of us are, are able to get into these different uh, positions of authority. We all have a certain level of influence, no yeah. matter what we do in life. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I, there could be something going on in this country where there's going to be a revival. I, there could well be. Uh, I don't know what it's going to take exactly. Yeah, I don't either, but, but um, yeah. Uh, you, you see, I mean, come on. If you look at the book of Acts, the Apostle Paul, before he was the Apostle Paul, he was terrible. He was a religious zealot yes. he went around persecuting the church yes. he was he even says I was dragging killed, men and women out of their Christians. houses right yeah he was there when Stephen got right. he was gonna go get documents permission slips to kill more Christians when yeah. he got knocked to the ground so that shows you the transformation
1: you know John uh, some of the shows we've had we've interviewed uh, missionaries that have been in Africa you know that, that's like prominent in my mind uh-huh. and, and I asked him you know with the explosion in Africa well, what do you think is driving that uh, for, for Christianity in Africa? And I don't know that it's prevalent here, but he said fear of God. Yeah, that's a good point. So, you know, have we lost that here in, in the U.S.? I almost feel like we have. Because you're right, we have too many things that, that are right at our fingertips. If you have those many creature comforts, you sometimes forget that you even need God. Yeah, that's because you you think you're in control. Oh, well, okay. If, you know, we have nuclear power. We've got you know we're going to have now electric cars. You know, we're um, you know it's like everything's at our our, our fingertips, and we kind of think we're our own gods, and that's a real problem. That's what happened to Babylon and everything else, right?
0: Well, yeah. Once you yeah. once you you'll see that in the Book of Daniel they with Nebuchadnezzar, the
1: tallest tower, and you know,
0: and they esteem themselves right. very highly, and God leveled Nebuchadnezzar yeah. where he was eaten. Mm-hmm. eating like a, a, a cattle, out, an oxen out in the yard. God yeah. humbled him. Yeah. But you're right. I mean, the fear of the God is the beginning of wisdom. Yeah. That it just is. And once you fear God, then it's not bad. Fear is not bad. I mean, if, mm-hmm. if I go to a doctor and he says, I got some growth or tumors, I might be very fearful. Yeah. I mean, he, but then he offers me the cure. or the yeah. so. But fear, God is God. You yeah. know, He holds us like in the palm of his hand. And um, we should fear God. and that, But that fear can lead to repentance, and repentance leads to love, and love yes. can re- that we want to serve him and obey him. But to your point, I, yeah, we, we're not a country that really fears God.
1: It, it, you know, I, I had that as a kid. You know, I will say I didn't have a lot of things as it related to my Christian uh-huh. Um, You know, like you, I just wasn't taught much about the Bible or even how to study the Bible until I started connecting with you 10, 12 years ago when I found my faith. But I always had fear of God because that was pushed into me. Yeah. You know, you need to do this. You don't want to sin because God, you know, is going to be uh, very upset. And I did have that fear. I just didn't have everything else to to, to combine it, to yeah. make it right. make sense right. and to work through it like I do now. Right now, I definitely have the fear of God. Yeah. But I also know the tools we have and how... Uh, merciful he is, and I also know that, you know, we're living in victory because Christ came down and was the perfect sacrifice, so we're going to, if you follow Jesus Christ, you're going to have eternal life. It's not anything we do with our own good works, but when we're sitting in this position now and we're looking at our country and looking at the world, and I'm going back to the founding fathers, you know, even Benjamin Franklin, they were quarreling over Deeply held disagreements about the extent and form of the new government they were gonna they were gonna have when they were you know doing the constitution, and he just paused and you know he said you know I'm 81, but <clears throat> you know um, I have lived a, a long time, and the longer I live, the more convincing proofs I see of this truth that God governs in the affairs of of men, and if a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without His notice. Is it probable that an empire cannot rise without his aid?
0: Wow, that's powerful.
1: That's and so, really powerful. But like you've always taught me, and it's in the Bible, never cease praying. Mm-hmm. You know, And he's saying we need to pray all the time to get through right, this. Right. We can't do it because we're human and we're so flawed.
0: And we're he wasn't even a Christian. I know. He was. They're not even That's sure he Benjamin was a deist. But he's he's so he's so yeah. cognizant of the fact that he's old. He's eighty-one. Mm-hmm. He knows god moves yes. his hand upon empires yes. france and england and now mm-hmm. america yeah. and all these these guys had that sense yeah. even how they got their freedom as we celebrate right. fourth of july yes they knew god's hand was in that because you've been to valley forge david yes. they were yeah, they were almost yeah. defeated i oh mean the american gosh. army at that time the revolutionary army was really a ragtag bunch and and they seen things happen. Storms come in at a certain time where they're able to cross the river when they weren't able to. And all of these things, because we, we can't take God for granted. No. You know, he he, he he wants us to come to him. Yes. And, and I always say, on, on the highway of life, you know, the straight and narrow way, there's two guardrails. One is love and the other is fear. And both of them are high, are good yeah. motivators. Right. They're good motivators.
1: Yeah.
0: Some things as we grow in our faith, we just do because we love God yes. and he died for me. And he, Other times we avoid sin because we fear God. The, the, both of those are, are good guardrails, how we say to people. Those are good guardrails, am I right? Yes. Just And it can keep you on that straight and narrow. Yes. But we as a country are, are knocking out the guardrails. And that's why it says in Romans chapter 1, they exchange the truth of God yeah. for a lie. Mm-hmm. And the lie is... Um, First of all, uh, we're not made by God. We're just part of an evolutionary, we're just a higher level of animal. Not a, uh, what does it say in Psalm, man is, you made man a little lower than the angels. We're, we're endowed with these divine, you know, free will and rationality and logic. Uh, we're made in the image of God, amago dehi. Mm-hmm. The other lie is, whatever you want to do, you can do. Sexually, any kind of behavior, it's up to you. Be true to yourself. Yes. If it feels good, do it. You only live once. Uh, eat, drink, and be merry. This kind of attitude. But yeah. when, when really we should say, God, what is your will? What do you want? How do you want us to act? You know, just review the Ten Commandments, yeah. you know. Thou shalt not steal, mm-hmm. honor thy mother and thy father, thou shalt not commit adultery. Very basic stuff. He's doing it for our benefit. It's like when we teach our children to drive a car and say, Be home before eleven. Don't drive when it's snowing outside. Do this, wear your seatbelts. We're not punishing them, right? Yeah. These little restrictions in these lives, they're going to flourish if they do that.
1: We, we all need guardrails. Yeah. And it's been, why not get them from the Creator of heaven and earth? Right. I mean, th- that's really what this is all about. And if He doesn't want us to exist, we're not going to exist. Mm-mm. But when we're going through the challenges, it just, I mean, I've been doing this now since. Since, you know, I've I've met you, John, and, you know, you've been my mentor, which I've been very blessed, and same with my family, that that we have you in our lives. But I I pray through things now. I pray for clarity. I pray for direction. I pray for a hedge of protection. I do that almost every day. Mm -hmm. There's not a day that I don't do that. Sure. Before my feet hit the ground in the morning and when I go to bed. Because, you know, I'm at a point now where I used to think, and it seems to me like the more technology, the more technically advanced we get, the less religious we get. And the the thing that really pushed uh, pushed that through in my mind when we were talking to the missionaries in Africa. Right. And you're seeing the explosion of Christianity over there because every day they struggle to feed their families, to stay warm, to provide... Water, as you said, it's a struggle just for the very simple things in life, right? So, fear comes in when you know that those could be taken away. The more advanced we get, it's hard to feel those physical issues or nervousness about how you're going to maintain yourself because of how advanced we are. And so, for me, you know, you think about these founding fathers, they knew it. They saw it in action because we didn't have all this tech around them when they founded our country, and they knew it helped in battle. Uh, it helped feed people. It helped get other people through uh, disagreements. Right. Why wouldn't we be doing that now with the way our country is and the way the world is? Yeah, you kind it of is... wonder on July Fourth as we're going through this. You know, why aren't we going back to basics, man? We need it. We need it desperately.
0: Yeah, no, you're right, David. And the thing is that this—it was a Carly Simon song that said, "You don't know what you got till it's mm-hmm. gone." Mm-hmm. You take paradise and you put up a parking lot. Uh, you you cut down the trees That's and put them in put I, them in I a tree like museum. Yeah. and charge people fifty dollars yeah. to see it. Yeah. The point being that we lose touch, even even in our urban centers here. We we we. We're moving more and more into a man-made world—buildings yes. and escalators and all this. It's good to get out and just see God's creation sometimes. Am I right? Just yes. get out in the park or somewhere. Just take a little repass and get out there. The other thing is, is that social media and especially phones and you know, I—they are not bringing people closer together. Okay. No. Man is lonelier now than ever before. They said there's a sense of estrangement. Uh, depression, yes. anxiety, suicides. Yes. There's yes. A, all these surveys are being done. It mm-hmm. hasn't brought us closer together. It, you know, it just hasn't, because, again, living in a third world country, when I would go to the market to buy fruit or what, I was always talking to people, and they're talking, and you're negotiating, you're bargaining. And then you go down to this one, they want to know what's your little daughter's name, and you're going here. Now you go through this checkout line, boom, 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 bye, bye, doot, 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 doot. That's true all over the place, is it not? Yes. There's very little uh, inter-social interaction, yeah. any meaningful. But even then, over there, like if you introduce yourself to somebody in America, the second, after they ask you your name, they say, well, what do you do? They want to know what you do. But over there, they might say, what village are you from? Or who's your father? Yes. Or what's your clan? It's, it's about relational. Ours is not as much anymore. We're we're moving more and more into a lonely generation, and a strange generation.
1: You know, um, yeah. You raise a good point about technology. Just like we were talking, you can pay for things on your phone. You, you can text people and not even have to go see them. Yeah. You know, I see these kids breaking up with their girlfriends or boyfriends by texting them. Yeah. There's no phone calls. There's no connectivity. I think one of the, you know, you brought up the church and the importance of the church, and Jesus made it clear you need to be under that umbrella. It's oh, yeah. important. We did uh, the seven churches in Revelations, and we talked about the importance of the churches, and Jesus was critiquing them because of how important they could be for the community to create disciples. Right, And, right. and I think that's one of the key things. Right now, more than ever, our country needs us Christians and our churches to help create more disciples. Oh, that's it, David. But because if you're praying the way the founding fathers were, you can. The powerful change that would occur, John. Yeah. And these guys prayed through everything from drafting our Constitution and doing the final uh, crossing the T's and dotting the I's, praying through battles, mm-hmm. uh, praying if there was famine. I mean, they not only prayed, they. Fasted yeah, and right, prayed right, right.
0: regularly. Exactly. Um,
1: I, I heard some stat um, that there were hundreds of times uh, over a period of several years where the different leaders, whether it was a governor of Philly or you know um, George Washington, they would say, "Today we're gonna we're gonna pray and fast. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. gonna be a day for press, fasting and prayer for the country."
0: Yeah, yeah, repentance.
1: So it's so important. You would think that we would learn from the past. You know, we talked We talked about this. We talked about, you know, knowing Roman history is a key to perver- preserving America's future. Right. And so this article, and it just talks about all the things that we've pulled from the past because they worked and we were able to see the benefits right, of it. Right, right. We didn't like the Roman world or the Roman... Uh, way they did things, obviously, right? But there were some good things in terms of organization, many features of our own constitution we took from Rome, including its checks and balances, uh, term limits, uh age requirements. In some cases, the founders even copied terms straight out of the Roman constitution, words like Senate, Capitol Committee. They named places in honor of Rome, like the Tiber Creek in Cincinnati. Habeas corpus. Our our American Mm -hmm. coinage and civic architecture also strikingly Roman so you think about that we go back to the way the founding fathers did things we look at the Bible for examples of how fear of God following the commandments and praying for what they needed yeah right and you saw the success of that why can't we you know do that just to complete the cycle right you know, yeah, we, we do this stuff for organization from Roman history. We got to go back to basics, John. We have to go back to the way our founding fathers, uh, you know, operated. Mm-hmm. And we have to go back to the Bible to look at the successes of praying and fasting and being in a church uh, with other believers. Yeah. No, you I, know, I, I don't know. I think that's the only thing I can see on this July 4th with all the craziness that's occurred the past few years.
0: You're right, because, again, July 4th, we're right at the midway point for the year, for all purposes. And um, as much as we celebrate Christmas, the incarnation of our Lord, and then the new year begins seven days later, so too, I think, midway through, as we celebrate the 4th of July, and we think to ourselves, wow, you know, you're going to hear those songs like God Bless America, and America, you know, yeah. Um, all of these songs, like they have scriptural yeah. princes, you know, America, you know, America, you know, God bless America, land of the free. Yes. Now, people might get used to that, but you really have to ponder those words yes. from sea to shiny sea. Yes. Show me another country from sea <laughs> to <laughs> shiny sea. What I like, I told somebody the other day, you could get in your car in New York and drive to L.A. without one police checkpoint, without paying Bribe to somebody you can't do that in so many places around the world you have rights as a citizen from america if you get caught in brazil or in in zaire or in singapore they'll come and represent yeah. you that we're, we're so blessed that it we're so blessed that we we i don't want to say we take it for granted let yeah. me put it that yeah. way yeah. they take it for granted instead of first thing is say as it says in romans one they the people became unthankful They weren't thankful. We have to be a thankful people again. That's one of the starting points. Say, God, I mean, you know, I mean, come on. You go into our supermarkets, they have a whole aisle for nothing but pet food. I'm serious. They have a whole aisle of nothing but cookies. They have a whole aisle. You know, point being that we are a blessed people. Therefore, we should be a blessing to the world. You see, but we're... I think sometimes we as Americans are as Americans are suffering from an identity crisis. We don't know who we are as a people. Now, sad to say, when you because the Roaring Twenties and that was a crazy time in America, the Prohibition and Roaring Twenties and all that stuff. But when the war came, people tended to come together because hey, there was a catastrophe going on in the world, and we had to come together as a people and we reestablish a certain identity of who yeah. we are as Americans. Now we're not real sure. This is one of my little, just a little off-the-cuff thing. We're not sure as a people, uh-huh. who are we? Who yeah. are we as a country? And we're trying to figure that out. And what is going to be the dominant worldview that's going to guide us into this 21st century? What, there's, there's a struggle now for worldviews. And one of the things that's popularized over the last 20 years is we don't want God. I mean, as a people, there's more and more are saying, we can handle this. We got this. Uh, we don't need God, and once, as it says in Romans one, once you say you don't need God, then you don't need God's laws because a you don't either believe in him or you don't want them, so why adhere to His laws? You know, and then then licentiousness and all kinds of immorality and everything else is going to kick in, and out of that will come lawlessness. Out yes. of that, but it's only going to lead. And again, I always come back to John ten ten, the enemy comes to rob, kill, kill and destroy, and, destroy. Yeah. and we're going to see destruction and crime, and broken lives, and suicide, and drug addictions, Which we're seeing all of now. these things, yeah. and, and the poor dismantling of the family, right. uh, uh, you know, we're seeing it, and, and people are, t- are warning to tap the brakes, and, and almost like the prodigal, in Luke chapter 15, when it says he finally came to his senses, he just doesn't come to his senses, but he says, whoa, where am I coming from, what am I doing in this pigsty? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go back to my father. Right. I'm going to repent. I'm going to renew. I'm going to say I want to be your servant. Yes. And he's received back and he flourishes. Yeah. He gets the ring. He gets the robe. He gets the, you know, the meal. We as a country, I really believe we're meant to flourish so we can bless the world. Amen
1: to that. And, and I'm with you on that, John. And even though, um, you know, I, I don't want to just convey here in the last few minutes doom and gloom. I think our country is very resilient. Um, I think that once we start getting back on track with God, mm-hmm. that incredible miracle events will occur in this country and yeah, the yeah. world. Mm-hmm. All we have to do, the crazy thing, John, and you know, you taught me this too, this? and it's in the Bible, um, is pray. That's a big You know, it, it's, it's, it's not like we have to, you know, build this new rocket ship that's going to take us... Ten galaxies away, we have to go back to basics and start praying for our country, praying for our leaders, praying for our families, praying for our churches. Well, on that note, David, why don't you close this? This is 4th of July. Thank you,
0: everybody, that's tuned in. WNZN.org here on this beautiful 4th of July weekend. And uh, just to remember, you know, the country, do we have problems? Yeah. Are we there? No. But, I mean... We are a country that's not perfect. We are moving towards a more more perfect union. And and God's going to, you know, we're still a work in progress, but God definitely wants to to bless us. He says that in his own word. Yes, he does. I'm going to play God Bless America as we close up. Sure, that's great, Jan. Let me see.
1: (laughs) David, you can pray. Father, um, thank you for this time together. Thank you for blessing our country, for blessing our show. I ask you to bless all these families, Father. I ask you to bless our leadership uh, in this country and also in the, in the world, Father. All of these countries, uh, I ask you to bring the right leaders in. Uh, have some unity, Father, with our leadership, Father. Put us back on track. Um, let us go back to the basics that our founding fathers had set up for us, their belief systems, their faith in God, their faith in prayer and fasting, to have them overcome any challenges that they faced as they built this country in the great country that we have now. And so, Father, uh, I ask you to bless all the families, keep them safe this week, this holiday weekend, and I also ask you to bless all of the military men that gave their lives for this great country. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, David. Yeah. Thank you for everybody listening. Have a great listening. holiday, everybody. God Thanks. bless. Have a great Fourth of July. <laughs>